What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Men's Wellness Collective Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jordan Lewis, along with my two wonderful co-hosts, Caleb Adegoke and Dalen Bernie. What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing today? Just another day in paradise. Oh. Hanging in there, taking it day by day. There you go. We are the Men's Wellness Collective, and today uh, you will notice fourth member on today. We have a very special guest, my friend, my brother, a friend to the Men's Wellness Collective, Christian Willingham. Christian, how you doing, sir? Fantastic, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Um, and what we're going to be talking about today is kind of using, Christian, your journey as a um, as inspiration for a discussion on what it means to become the person that you needed at a particular time in life, becoming your own hero, so uh, so to speak, right? So, Christian, you and I were having a conversation uh, a couple weeks ago, and we're as we do, we were talking about a multitude of things, having a deep conversation. We got into childhood. We got into, you know, talking about what you felt, what we both felt uh, growing up. We we kind of missed in terms of having male role models around us. Um, and, you know, that, that's kind of the inspiration for today. So I want to turn it over to you and let you kind of start off with us a little bit about what it was like growing up for you and what were those things from a, from a male role model perspective that you felt you were missing growing up? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, so basically, man, I, I wasn't, I, I was just your typical, you know, African-American kid growing up, man. Um, I mean, whatever that means to anybody that's listening. Nothing really too spectacular. Um, my parents were separated before I was born. So, I mean, I, I had an idea of who my father was, but I really didn't. Um, I mean, we, we interacted from time to time. Uh, I knew he I knew he existed, but I just knew he wasn't there when, you know, when I saw other kids have their fathers around. And that was kind of the beginning of when I felt something was missing and it kind of harbored a lot of like, a lot of questions as to like maybe where I may have went wrong or what may have happened in that situation. So um, that kind of sort of trickled into like later on in life where, you know, just the simple things, um, not knowing how to tie a tie, you know, and, and this is no way, shape or form. It's not me uh, bashing my father or, you know, anything like that. Uh, but I think the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that I've been missing out on certain aspects of that you know, uh, learning how to play sports, things like that. I never learned. I had to learn a lot of that stuff on my own. Um, and I kind of sort of felt like maybe I could do without, but I knew that I needed someone. I mean, I obviously had my uncle in my life, um, older cousins, things like that, but it doesn't beat the presence of like your father, you know, it, uh, it really doesn't. And, um, I just knew that was missing. And for a while I just kind of buried it. I thought my mother was all that I needed. And at that time, I mean, she did her very best and she did a wonderful job. I think I turned out to be a pretty okay adult. So um, she, did, she did the best that she could, but there, there's still that disparity um, in which it took a village, a collective um, of masculine energy from people who really weren't directly my father. I mean, anybody from my neighbors, uncles, um, certain elders, even to this day, people that I, uh, I mentor under within the IT world. Uh, kind of kind of those kind of father figures but um i always knew there was something that was missing and um although i, I was loved and accepted by most i still felt like i was alone um kind of sort of felt like i was uh, slightly rejected 
Um, but it really wasn't my fault. Like, while my parents didn't work out, it had nothing to do with me. I wasn't there. So. Right. I appreciate you leading off and, and being so vulnerable and sharing that story. Um, I'll, let, I'll let Caleb and Dalen chime in, but I feel like even though uh, a lot of men would differ in terms of the specifics, I think the overall idea of feeling like we have to figure out and kind of piecemeal together what it is to be a man and what does that mean for us. It, it, I think it is a confusing oftentimes and, and can be like a, a lonely journey because even for those of us that have men in our life or, or fathers in our lives, they were learning it from their father or maybe their father wasn't around. So I think about my dad, like he didn't have someone really to show him. He had, he had my papa, his, his grandfather to show, but you just, I, it just makes me think about over generations what lost pieces are getting passed down and what goes missing and how every man is just kind of trying to figure it out with what they got. Right. Um, So, so I think that resonates like for everybody, regardless of the specifics of everyone's individual story. So I I think that's really powerful and something that unites us as men. Yeah. I think it was, I know when I heard you talking, like you're talking about how all these other men in your life still play that father figure role, you know, the uncle, the older cousins, the the neighbors, you know, probably the teachers and just like the other people you saw, like you still got something from them, but it still wasn't the same weight of like what a father would have been. And so even though you had some role models and you were learning stuff and stuff, there was still the deep longing that you wanted, you know, and you still recognize that, that it's like, feel like got left out and I feel alone because of that I think that's something I resonate with of like growing up mostly an only child like I just I always felt alone as a kid and like that's a hard feeling to shake and like I still carry that with me to this day so like when you said that I was like man I know that feeling and like I'll be battling that forever even though I'm no I'm not alone like that still that resonates and that stays with you Yeah, I think um, there's something to be said of um, recognizing that loneliness, having that missing piece, um, even in the state of like physically present, but emotionally absent situations where like my dad was always present, present, but like my dude is the hardest working human being I've ever met in my life. So there'd be weeks where we live in the same house months where it's like we have a four sentence conversation he was there physically financially there provider for sure lockdown but that emotional piece that was missing also had i think a big effect on me and in my case like it's double it was kind of like a dual-edged sword and like my i was separated from my father for the first for about nine years right like he moved to the united states while we were still in nigeria and then we moved to join him i did have other male figures around thankfully but like it's like you go from like my dad being in america all of a sudden like oh he's next door but he's still just he's at the office all the time he's working all the time so uh there's definitely something to be said to recognizing my inner child and and knowing what um younger six seven eight 12 15 year old Caleb needed and ways and like recognizing and accepting ways that pops did show up 
um, and being like also able to say at the same time, man, he missed the ball in this particular area. That's how I think I've been able to reparent myself. Um, and I think that's the discussion we're going to have today is how did you show up for yourself? How were you able to be the parent you didn't have when you needed it the most? No, right. I think that's a great point to kind of bring it back to, to Christian. I'd be curious, you know, you said you recognized that kind of void at a young age. Um, how did that impact the way you showed up with other men or, or I guess, did you seek to get that and fill that void or was it kind of the opposite where you're like, okay, this is what it is. Uh, did you sort of embrace that loner mentality and almost put some walls up around letting people in to provide that guidance? Um, well, it was kind of a collective effort, I think. Um, I didn't notice the void, honestly. I just thought that was normal. Uh, it was normal to not see my father on Father's Day. It was normal to, you know, just be that. Um, and I think over time... Um, as I got older, my mom, uh, I'm, I'm the oldest by 10, I have three younger siblings. Um, so once my brother came into the picture, I was about nine, you know, all my attention went to my mother or all of my mother's mother's attention went to me. So then my stepdad comes along, you know, so now she's got another man in the household. So I felt like that was more attention being taken away from myself. Then I have a younger, uh, my baby brother's born and I felt like I didn't get a lot of attention you know and my mom would obviously argue differently uh but I mean again this is my experience so you may think I'm crazy for saying this but like <laughs> I didn't get I didn't really get that kind of like attention and of course like looking back on it it was like a juvenile way of thinking so I think not having the love that I thought that I may have needed. And I think, you know, it's, it's a trickle down effect to how it's affected me today somewhat, but it's also made me a better person uh, on the flip side, but I guess we'll get into that later. But, um, so he's born, my brother is, and then here I am, like, you know, I make art projects or something like that, or I do something and my mom would, you know, she's tired. She's had a, a child. So like, she didn't have time to like, look at some of my homework or, do certain projects with me so I did a lot of it on my own and that became like the norm so it made me cry but over time I just thought this is how it is and then I have two more sisters born after that to where you know they're all you know three two and you know five months you know and it's um then I also had to step in too and that that's where I learned to be like I guess the parent that I've always wanted to be Although I was kind of harder, I was harder on my brother because I think I may have been internally jealous, which it sounds insane, but um, it doesn't sound insane. I think mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense. I was about yeah. to say the same thing. I don't think that sounds insane at all. I think that is actually more normal than most people would like to admit. But because these conversations don't happen in places where the space is given for that. We then begin to like, oh, no, this is this is crazy. So I'm just going to keep it to myself. So I want to like, A, uh, let you know, no, that doesn't sound insane. And B, um, why wouldn't you feel that way? That's been my new question to ask people is like at that age, at that level of maturity, at that time of understanding, 
what were you supposed to feel? Um, well, I was always told that, you know, I'm old. It, I don't know. It was almost kind of like a, like we, he got on my nerves a lot as a kid, you know, and he's a great young man now. Like I love him to death. I always have. But I, there were just things where my mom would say, well, you're older than him. You should love him. And I'm thinking to myself, like, well, I don't know. Like, all I know how to do is, like, love myself. Like, in you know, although she provided a roof over my head, did, like, wonderful things for me, um, I, I just kind of felt like I wasn't getting the love that I thought I deserved. So there were times where, like, I was a little too harsh with him. Um, and to this day, man, it's, like, kind of, like, eats me up inside. Um, you know, but... Over time, I learned what it meant to be a, a better brother. Um, and I wanted to be, like, I think we've talked about this, Jordan, but, like, I wanted to be the older brother that I wanted and needed. And, like, slowly but surely, like, that trickles over in other things. And I say that a lot. But I, I became the older brother that I thought that I've always wanted to be, like, I was like, I wish I had an older brother, but I was becoming that person like over time, like that person that my siblings could turn to if they needed help with anything or, you know, yeah. parents are tripping over something like I could tell them I've been through the X, Y, Z before. Don't worry about this or someone to hang out with me, you know, mm-hmm. like show me the ropes to lead by example. Like there was nobody before me, obviously, well, at least on my mom's side that like went to college. So I had to like trail that, or blaze that trail myself. And like my siblings watched me do it. Um, but I was always like, man, I wish I had somebody to give me advice. I never had that. I didn't learn. To this day, I still haven't heard, had the birds and the bees talk. My mom probably still thinks I'm a virgin, dude. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I never had that talk with my mom, but I could have those talks with my sibling. And a lot of it, like, they ask me for something, I can, I can be there. I never had that, but I slowly learned that I was becoming who I always wanted around, and it was always within me. It was never another individual. Um, it was myself. Yeah. So. This reminds I know. me. Of, oh, go ahead, Dylan. I'm just curious, like, because it seems like you just kind of naturally like picked up that role, and it's like I'm going to become this. Did you ever like fight with that at all? Like, did you maybe like try and resist that, you know, protector role in any way, or did it just? kind of naturally come well that's a good question um it did it 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 was a it was a natural it was a natural feeling um resistance yes but it was only resistance because it it was like i mean i I mean keep in mind at this time i'm 15 14 years old um obviously before like they they got older but i felt like well i never got this so why should they get this Mm. And slowly, my my way of thinking just started to change, and I knew if I continued to like be the way that I was, and it wasn't like I made a, a swift change like that. It wasn't like uh, I was just like, oh well, let me be a good person now. It just slowly started to happen. Where if my siblings were in trouble, I knew I loved them to the end of this earth, and. The re- yeah, I think the resistance came from like yeah, like I I I never got this like yeah I never got this so like why like why should anybody else get it? it's continuing to mm-hmm. like I felt like things were taken away from me mm-hmm. and I felt mm-hmm. like I had everything that I had if I gave I wouldn't get it back so 
once I stopped becoming that selfish of a person and just mm. to be a better brother, yeah. that then bled over into being a better son, um, being a better man as a whole. And mm. the role model that I think, like, I always imagine a world where, like, if my dad was around and it's always like a blank slate, it's, like, it's just like a blank world because I don't know what that would be like. But I can say that it's led me to become who I always needed, which is who I am now, which is why if time travel was possible, I would give myself all kinds of the, like super dope advice. Um, and unfortunately, I can't go back in time. But who you, know I, cool though, you know what's cool though about what you do? Not to interrupt you, but yeah, yeah. You're, 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 you're fulfilling that six to eight year old wound that Christian, little Christian felt not by time traveling, but by being that person, not only for yourself and your siblings, but for so many people, like the people hearing this now that don't know you, you know, you do that for me. I see you do that for so many other people in, in, in our friend circle that we share. You're doing that in so many different ways because I think you've somehow been able to connect with that empathy of, I know what it feels like to not to feel like I don't have anyone to, to count on and that's that's manifesting you becoming that person for so many people and I'm and I'm fascinated at, at how you did that because we Dalen and Caleb and I deal with this all the time you have people that come you know into therapy or just out in the world that say because I didn't get something life out of survival mode and, and necessity becomes a hoarding, a hoarding task. It's like, I'm not going to give anything away. Everything I get, I'm going to collect and I'm going to stockpile because I'm so used to not getting that. Yeah. Right? Which, is, the opposite. <laughs> which is where I wanted to go. I think it's very interesting. And I would like to hear more about where you said something that piqued my interest out of stop. Like you stopped being selfish. And I was like, wow, how do you imagine yourself as being selfish when like you had not right? It's not like you had a bunch of stuff and then you hoarded it. It's like you didn't have anything. Um, and yet you still came around to the solution that like in order to get better, I must give. I must become better. I must. Whereas most of the time, as Jordan said, I think the experience is. Oh, I'm not getting I'm not getting this. So I have to go find it somewhere else. And when I get a hold of it, it becomes this um, preoccupied attachment. Right. I didn't get this as a child. So therefore, when I find it over here, I've got to hang on to it and do everything I can to like not lose it, which is what some people describe as a scarcity mindset. But I, I like to like conceptualize it as, as a preoccupied attachment because you're so preoccupied with the thing that you never had and it feels so good to finally have it. But you somehow on your own arrived at the solution that like, no, in order to have the thing that I never had, I need to give it to other people. And I would like to hear more about that. Yeah, I think it came from an appreciation and I guess um, a beginning. And I'm just now understanding why I, why I did that. It, it came from, 
it was a counterbalance of like love, man. It was like a love that I had for my like my love for people that I care about, man. Um, that's something that I think to me is like it's infinite, man. Like I think that my love for people, like my siblings, it far like exceeded anything, any selfish minds or like like mind mindfulness that I may have had at that time. And I, it just slowly just like went away. So I didn't, my, the jealousy I harbored from my brother like went away. Um, and it wasn't anything like malicious, man. I just kind of felt like, damn, like my mom, you know, like she did X, Y, Z for him and this and that and my siblings and this and that. And they all get to grow up together. And, you know, I had to go through this experience called life alone, really with nobody to like relate to. Like I, you know, even when me and Jordan, you know, started becoming friends. We didn't really start hanging out until after high school, but um, I still thought I was alone and I had nobody to turn to. But when you give with no expectation, it, it's it, it it got it got easier for me when mm-hmm. I advice with no expectation of like you know this might not go anywhere, but I have a feeling like it's going to help you or it's going to help someone, um, and then and just from there it it just like grew into other aspects of you know me giving advice to people or being an ear you know when i could be doing other things i don't think about those other things because like i'm like that's not important what's important is like what's going on now yeah so it kind of just started with that and and, um you know there's been times i've talked to jordan at like 2 a.m you know 2 a.m and to like 4 a.m where we've had conversations and not once that i think about going really going to sleep although i should have but i didn't go to sleep because i wanted to make sure that he was good um and that 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 just that's become such an automatic thing because that's not i won't say like i won't go as far as to say that's what i wanted or needed growing up but i always knew that like i I longed to have that like anytime 24 7 friend or companion and I just slowly found myself becoming that. So the inner me is proud of who I am, if that makes sense. So, it, it, yeah, I know I was kind of all over the place with that because it's a, it's a long and intricate and elaborate process that I've had to go through to get to this point. And I've yeah. never really discussed it out loud. So it's kind of hard to process and understand yeah. for myself where it's coming from. No, I think we all appreciate that. And I think I want to point out that you said it's a long and androgynous process like this wasn't an overnight thing of like i'm gonna be a good person today it's like you had to start making small minimal changes and then over time you're like you could give unconditionally and you started doing that everywhere else in your life and you realize it actually made you feel good the process for you to change into a good person wasn't an overnight switch it was a you started making small changes in your life and then over time, you started to be able to show up in that way in every area of your life. And then you felt good about giving unconditionally. You didn't feel weak or taken advantage of for helping somebody else. You actually felt good about yourself. And you're improving your life and the life of everyone around you. And that took time and effort and, I think, intent behind that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, and I, I can honestly say, um, and I wholeheartedly mean this, I, like I said, I, I did it without expectation. So even if, so, you know, if somebody would have tried to get something out of me, man, um, 
I don't have any. I, I don't. I've never had this thing where like I felt like people had to give back to me. Um, even if they didn't, it didn't really matter because I just knew that like I love my life enough to where I don't keep score and I don't tally up who owes me what or the things I've done for people. Most of the most of the time, I forget when people thank me for things. I'm like, oh yeah, I can't. I don't remember if I did X, Y, Z or you know whatever. Mm. I don't keep track of that, you know, because again, I do things because I would want someone to do the same for myself. Yeah. And I that like there were things that I wanted as a kid that I would have I would want you know like advice um, someone to hang out with someone to talk to you know things like that things that are, to me those are priceless um, and I just think that I I love and value my life too much to really sit there and think like you know what what has so and so ever done for me because I've done it all for myself by myself um, so I don't really need for anything. Um, that's why it's so easy to do that. You know, if I don't get anything in return, I don't care. Like, it doesn't really bother me much at all. Okay, I have a question on that because I'm gonna, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna offer a gentle challenge, right? So, how do you know when? How do you know how to toe that line and how to walk that balance of? Hey, I, I want to give unconditionally because there's clearly some satisfaction for you that comes from that. Who you are is is that and, and there's a great deal of you know, pride and a, a positive pride and and appreciation for yourself and love for yourself that has come from being this type of person who's a safe space for people right mm-hmm. how do you know how do you know when you're coming from that place versus the opposite which i think could be potentially harmful for you of neglecting your own needs and and, and and how do you not fall? How do you keep from falling into this way of thinking that I'm just going to give everything I got to everybody? And because I'm not expecting anything in return, how, how do you safeguard yourself from not getting depleted and neglecting your own needs because it's like, ah, I'm good? You know what I'm saying? That was all, yeah, yeah. That, that was also a process. Um, being overly, I don't want to say like nice, but I noticed it when I just, I just knew that it if if I was if it was love, like if it was love, or if I was like a lick for somebody, like if this was like an opportunity, and if it kept happening, um, I would slowly just like disengage from that person, or like oh yeah, I would just disengage from that person and. If I understood, like, okay, like, why is it that I'm having to pick you up all the time from here? Why is it that you're calling me? Like, I should be asleep right now. Like, and it's four in the morning. Like, why do I need to pick you up from this bar? Why do I need to pick you up when you're not responsible enough to drink and you want to drive and do X, Y, Z? Why is that whenever, you know, if you're having boy problems, you're coming to me, like, like, to feel better. But, like, if I have problems, you don't help. And then I'm like, okay, I can solve it on my own. So that took a lot of like, if it became a, a, a something that was like consistent, like I kind of knew like, okay, like what's, what's really going on here? Um, because I think that when it comes to being nice and naive, I think that those are things that can eventually lead to resentment. I think that then that's when it's kind of like the, the, oh, the world owes me mentality. And then I feel like I would fall back into that same childlike mindset of I have nothing. I'm not going to give anything. 
this is my life, me, 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 mine, mine, mine. So, uh, a nice, well, not nice, but a soft no. Or at least having some wherewithal to understand if you're being played or not. I think that, yeah, that what it took me a while to understand that, uh, that aspect of it. And, you know, it also was a, it also was a challenge and a test for myself to see, like, am I going to be a sucker or like, am I it's or if I change my behavior, like, will that bring out the worst in that person? So if I'm not going to help you, if I know that I just physically can't or financially can't or whatever, and like, I don't hear from you for months, then I know like something was really like you, you, you didn't it wasn't really sincere. You know, so that yeah. took a long time to understand that. So. I, I, I feel like a lot of people go through that um, particular challenge because the, the dynamics of relationship is that like people are always going to disappoint us. People are always going to let us down, even on our close. Actually, especially in our friend close circles, people are going to disappoint us. The reason we maintain that close friend circle is that even in disappointment, we're able to have healthy repair. Because once you once that healthy repair happens, you're able to build closer and stronger bonds. But what I what what I hear, I feel like I hear you navigating is this issue of trust versus mistrust, not only with the world, but with yourself and the cure of trust versus mistrust, um, belonging, um, um, connection is is it's twofold. I hear there was an element of unconditional giving and a healthy level of boundary setting, right? Uh, when I hear you say, am I going to be a sucker? That, to me, I know what you mean. Um, but practically, I hear it as like, I'm putting myself out here doing things and being there for people, and I'm not sure if they're going to reciprocate. But having a level of vulnerability where you keep putting yourself out there and then when it feels unsafe that's when you set a healthy boundary but you never stop giving without expectation that's but that's right. the foundation of how you progress it's i give i give i give i give i give until my boundary is violated and then i give you an opportunity to show me who you are not labeling people a certain way but allowing them to show you who they are and believing them when they show you who they are right often we want to paint people with a broad brush whether it's good bad or indifferent as a safety mechanism we keep people as a distance and we label them and treat them a certain way but what it sounds like to me you learned at a relatively young age was to give people an opportunity to show you who they are and then respond accordingly. Yeah. I think another, another yeah. thing, sorry, that I've, I've noticed with this is like, because you kind of said like you want to give yourself to other people, but if not, like, it's okay, I can do it on my own because you are your own safe space and you can take care of this on your own. So like you're self-sufficient in your needs to an extent, like we all need some people, but like, you're also okay and comfortable being alone and doing things for yourself because you've had to do that and you've had to be that person. I think so often so many people, they might even recognize they're like in a toxic relationship and like they're being taken advantage of, but they're so afraid of being alone that they will put up with whatever horrible situation they're in 
So for you, you yeah. did the hard work of being alone and being okay with that. So if you recognize someone not treating you fairly and taking, you know, pushing past your boundaries, you go, I don't need this. I have myself and that's okay. And I can sustain by myself and I can find those other people later. Yeah. Uh, and um, I, I find solitude and peace in being alone. Um, never really been a fan of the toxic relationship, whether it's girlfriend, whether it's friends. Um, that that's, that's just become a default button at this point. Um, in my mm-hmm. life, it, no matter how much I may care about that person, um, it's just like an automatic, just like, bam, like, you know, if I, if I sense that something's not right, you know, I slowly just kind of distance myself and um, go back to that, you know, um, and that's in everything in life, not just with people, but also certain spaces, you know, like working in the corporate structure, like that takes a lot of like a mental toll, not to digress, but like the relationships you can form there, that could go t- that can go bad too. So, um, I do think I, I have to give myself more credit, my space and my solitude. It's like my it's myself. I'm my own sanctuary, and I but I take the sanctuary everywhere I go with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be in the midst of like a you know, celebrating Mookie's birthday, you know, and being there and being at peace with not wanting or needing to talk to anybody outside of the people that I wanted to talk to or needed to talk to at that time i could sit in the corner by myself and just be totally fine yeah you know i can i can do things like that and also to add on to that um as far as the give 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 like i I don't want people to make this mistake but like i i give because i don't need for anything like the things that if i'm giving you something like like attention time or whatever best believe like i've already like i don't need that like i don't need it i want it i want to give that so i'm not i feel i never feel like i'm losing if i'm giving something you know um because i think that's a winner's mentality of like time wasted is it really time wasted if you're listening to a friend who's going through a hard breakup is it really time wasted or you know money well spent if you know your friend's in dire need of something um i mean you know you could work 40 hours and make that all back But to me, I don't think I can meet a friend like Jordan ever again or a friend like you, Mookie, and eventually, Dalen, you yourself, man. Um, I value that so much more than everything that's like, than like carnal things. So, like, to give and give and give, like, to me, it's really nothing. Like, sometimes it's really nothing. But if it's, even if it's not reciprocated back, man, at, at some point, I know that people appreciate it. And, they don't even though if you don't tell me I can just I can just feel you don't have to tell me hey man bro I appreciate you know I know I've always known so um, I have two questions yeah first one is about like I hear some themes coming through in just your philosophy there's a there's a groundedness in uh, self awareness of who you are there's um, there's gratitude I hear that mentioned I hear an emphasis on valuing relationships and connection over material things right what's your foundation for that it sounds really spiritual in nature is there you know did you have you um developed like your own spiritual practice throughout this process or or where do these sort of foundational philosophical spiritual ideas how did you incorporate them into life where did you go for that man um 
I'll try to explain this as best I can, but um, I never really thought of that. But I, I can honestly say it starts with um, loving and acceptance of oneself first. Well, mm. primarily it will, that first, because that's something that's like attainable. If I were to hop on and talk about give glory to God, not everybody could really understand that. Um, maybe it'd be different. So I guess I'll try to like make this more about oneself. But no, but actually, I, I want to push back on that right there. I want to take a nice little section to pause because um, as scientists, as because we, we exist in the human sciences, the research actually does say that individuals that have some sort of strong faith belonging, I don't care if you worship the spaghetti monster, as long as you really believe in the spaghetti monster, you actually have a higher sense of community and connection, which actually has led to research that states along to happier um, outcomes and longer life. Not always, but the research does say that having some so some strong faith belief in something somewhere does actually correlate with living a more happy and fulfilled life for what for a multitude of reasons there's qualitative and quantitative data and the reason i, I want to state that publicly and, and and out loud is because i don't want you to get into the habit of what most men do most people do which is minimizing the reality of their situation and the things that actually make you you who you are right because to say oh i don't want to say give glory to god because i don't know well yeah you can make room for other people to believe what they believe but i also it shouldn't minimize or mitigate the importance of that to you good yeah yeah especially because i asked about you know your direct experience and where it comes from so i want you we all want you to have full reign to speak on that direct experience and if god is a pivotal you know, pillar in that, then, and then I want to hear about that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Said, so, yeah. It, it starts. Yeah. And sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt Jordan. My bad, man. Um, it, it, it does start with, I think, uh, my faith and belief in God. It really does start with that. Uh, because I feel like he's someone who can love unconditionally and that internally, just like, I, I just feel it, man. I feel like I'm I, when I do the right thing, it just feels natural. There's no, there really isn't like a rhyme or reason as to why I do things. But I can honestly say the foundation starts there. Next, though, I would say it starts with self-love. Um, and it sounds so cliche, but it's the truth. If you love yourself enough, um, <laughs> You could even turn some of your biggest enemies into your, some your, some of your biggest supporters. Like that's that's uh, that's the truth. When people see that you love yourself and you don't care about what other, what others think, I call it like self talk. There's a guy following YouTube and he talks about it a lot. Like self talk. You know, if you walk around with a with a dark cloud and rain over your head, like uh, what was that dude's name? Was it Linus from uh, the Peanuts? I can't remember. <laughs> Whoever had the, I can't remember. Somebody from the cartoon from the Peanut Show, from Snoopy. But if you walk around with that, people can see that. But even though, like, when you love yourself and your head is held up high, like, and you look around and you can see how how people pretend to be happy, and then they see you and they go, "What's he smiling about? What's what's so good about you know? I wonder what's so what's up with this guy." 
and then you know people gravitate towards that and then it's, it's just the energy man and to me i i think that that's opened up so many doors for me not even just for this new position that i got in my job but it's opened up doors to meet people like yourself mook uh like yourself as well dalen like it opened me up to learn it to to meet even guys like jordan uh well i think we're going on what is it now almost 15 years 15 i've known jordan. <laughs> yeah 15 years i've known this man and that was just being myself we're at in a not to tell the whole story but we're at a party where people had to pretend to be cool, right? Um, I didn't know how to be cool because I was already cool. I just didn't know it yet. But mm, I was all confidence. I like that. That's tough. <laughs> I was already cool, man. Um, I was already cool. I, I felt like I was already cool, but I just I just wasn't their type of cool. So it and Jordan was always somebody who was like one of the well-known guys in the school. Never thought I'd strike up a conversation with him. Nothing at all. But I came there, and I was myself. And to be quite honest, that was the beginning of the, let me not, you know, no disrespect to anybody who's listening or, you know, who's on here now. But I didn't have to wear the Abercrombie and Fitch, man. I didn't have to wear the shark tooth necklace. I didn't have to wear the J's. I didn't have to wear anything or be something that I didn't want to be because I sucked at it. I sucked at being something that I wasn't, but I was really good at being myself. Mm -hmm. So that became the foundation. Now I was slowly phasing all that. I, I was slowly getting to that point. That didn't all happen in high school, but um, whenever I tried something that I knew, I'm like, yeah, this ain't right, it didn't work. So then I built on that foundation of like authenticity, which was like, I, I managed to get a best friend out of this. Like, whom I still talk to to this day right now. Okay. And if that's something, and I feel like this, that's going to last for as long as I live. Um, it maybe even in, it, it, even in the afterlife. Like, I'm being myself, it's gotten me quality people in my life and it's gotten me great things. I've lost a lot in the process, but maybe that's a, well, let me tell that back. I didn't lose anything because I think, I feel like I'm a winner. So it's not a loss, it's a lesson. So, like, I got lessons out of that, and I'm gaining more quality people, and I'm getting more, like, blessings out of it. So that, it just became an addicting process, starting from the foundation up until this point now. That's kind of a elaborate answer. But. Uh, Christian, I think, in my, I think in my fifth grade uh, yearbook picture, I'm wearing an Abercrombie shirt with a shark tooth necklace. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming for you. <laughs> said that i was like oh shit that's real uh, that that was me for it. and like it wasn't me for a long period of time but like i definitely tried it out too but it's it, uh yeah that, that hit home for me <laughs> you, you didn't have a mop top did you no uh i didn't like the year before that but i had like like the fourth grade i probably had like a bowl cut so yeah so, as long as you didn't have wings i guess you're cool bro <laughs> oh yeah your nose I love I love that man. I appreciate you answering that question. That that actually segues perfectly into my second part. So so much and I just gotta say express my gratitude for you coming on here and sharing. So much of how you've described yourself and your journey reminds me of a couple of episodes when we talked about Michael Beasley, right? Um, a guy who in a lot of ways wanted to give but also wanted to receive, but when he didn't get back from others what he wanted 
he became so self-reliant that he almost reclused into himself, right, and, and built up walls so high that he wasn't able to tap in to um, closeness and connections and relationships to, to meet his needs. He thought he had to meet all of them on his own, right? You strike me as someone who's done the exact opposite. Not everybody knows Christian listen to this, but you have a robust network of people. You you didn't allow your lack of of having certain needs met at a young age the walls up. You've still managed to cultivate close and meaningful relationships as you've just described. So my question, my second question to you is now you've you've gone through this journey, you've become who you needed to be. You clearly are someone who People go to and you give unconditionally and willingly where do you go and what's the process like for you when you need something though and and what you need is outside yourself you can't rely on just you how have you worked toward being able to tap into your network and still be open to getting what you need versus saying I'll just do it all on my own like so many guys do well you, you can't really go through life with that with that mindset i think that um it it, it develops a um like like I, i'll put it in a reference like this like batman needed robin i think he needed robin and eventually you know because as he got older you're fighting crime on your own aka you're going through life on your own the ups and downs the slips the falls all that but you have someone there to help so he reluctantly like didn't want a sidekick quote unquote but he got it and then he found that solving crimes were more easier. So if you um, open yourself up to understanding that you don't always need to be the superhero, mm. that you can open yourself up to help and it's totally fine. Or I don't have all the answers to everything. Um, I just, I just, I, how do I put this? Like, I don't have the answers to everything, but if I know someone who does, rather than try to go and brave it alone, I ask. Um, because again, I mean, life, I feel like, especially within the black community, I feel like we take strength as doing it on our own, as opposed to working with the next person. And like, you know, if we do it on our own, that we think that's what life is all about. Um, I think life should be about the easiest way. As long as, as long as we have time on this earth, we should make life as easy as possible. It isn't all, it's not obviously there's going to be challenges in life. And like, as men, we have to face that as a as an entire like as a the human race but um life doesn't always have to be about the harder road i don't think the harder road necessarily makes a better man especially if you know that there's more help out there that you can get or support from someone else especially from if you have the network and you brought it up jordan like yeah i do have a vast network of people uh it's it's kind of crazy sometimes but i'm not afraid to ask them for help um i'm not afraid to ask you guys for help or advice when I, you know, Mookie, we've sat down and we've talked, man, about certain things. And Jordan, you know, we've talked, I, it goes back to the car conversations we used to have, man, about our hopes and dreams and stuff. Um, but it, you can get inspiration from that. And I just think that over time, doing things by myself, although um, it's easier, but it's more self-satisfaction knowing that you're going through something or you're doing something and you have people in your corner that are willing to, um, that are willing to see through 
see your journey through with you. And then, like, you can go up together. I don't want to be at the top by myself with everything. I want to share with everybody that was there with me. Yeah. And it sounds like you even, like, you grew more and you learned more on your journey with other people. Like, those deep conversations you had with, you know, each of these two people and those other people. It's like, you grew more with the help of others versus just your solitude and, like, by yourself. And it's like, sometimes that's great, but, like, where you did the most growth was sounds like it was with other people. Yeah. And the thing is, I was doing that simultaneously, like, while figuring myself out, um, understanding that I was never going to be, like, I don't know. It's not, I use this analogy a lot. It's like, we all want to be the main character in our own comic book story, right? So people are going to end, you know, there are people, some people get written off issues. Some people get added in. Um, I knew that if I was going to start my own story, like I'd, I needed to start with something on my own. And then if people were to come in, you know, an issue 75, issue 7,000, and then they leave, like, that's fine. But I think that growing with friends and then growing away from that and being myself, it meshed in between the two. So like, there is no Christian with friends who he is and there isn't a Christian away from who he is like or there is no Christian away from friends and who he is alone or like even with family um and so forth like I've grown in all facets I feel like and that wonderful blended being became like, like Captain Planet like bro like if you guys watch Captain Planet man like you know earth water fire wind all that other stuff bro that made Captain Planet not the Don Cheadle version, but like that somebody who could be a hero, man. So that 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 became myself. So yeah. Hey, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was that was great, Christian. Thank you so very much for sharing your thoughts with us, your experience with us. Um, this is a, a, a humbling moment for myself, I think, to get to understand and know your story a little bit better. We appreciate it greatly. Um, I know I speak for myself, but um, love to have you back on the podcast again sometime in the future. Um, yeah. But I think that's a good point to end the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for always tuning in. This has been another episode of the Men's Wellness Collective Podcast. As always, you can find us on your podcast listening device or tool or app of choice. You can also get the podcast on video on youtube on sundays with audio version audio version goes up on fridays video goes up on sundays um we would greatly 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 appreciate it if you would like share and subscribe it really does help the algorithm we are here just trying to do a little bit of good and uh, we would greatly appreciate it if you would join us on the way if you're watching the video leave a comment in the section make sure you like uh, and hit the su subscribe and notification button so you're up aware when the new videos go up until next week, I've been Caleb. This has been Jordan, Dalen, and my good friend Christian. We are out.